Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 721, and we are back in the book of Isaiah, much more positive chapter today. And uh, you see the title there that the ESV translators have given to this section, The Ransomed Shall Return. I've got my favorite mug, and uh, guess what I have in it? No, it's not coffee. I'm actually drinking decaf herbal tea, sweetened with a little bit of honey. Have I lost my mind? No, I've just already had three cups of coffee today, and so it's time to switch to decaf. <laughs> but I like to have a something warm to drink, especially this time of year. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we dig into Isaiah 35. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your Son, our Savior. Thank you for the hope of full and final and forever redemption that we have in Jesus because he rose again from the dead and he is alive forevermore and he is coming back to rescue us from the fallen creation and to redeem and restore the fallen creation. Father, bless us with Isaiah 35 today. Write it on our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice and sing with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, it shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they will not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the ransomed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be on their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. Isaiah 35, beautiful, beautiful chapter of scripture, um, powerful imagery. And perhaps the biggest question that people have about this chapter is when, when is all of this going to happen and what is all of this going to look like? Are we experiencing this now in this present age? Because Jesus has come and there is a gospel that goes forward into the nations. And so is this a, a spiritual picture of the glory of the gospel going out into the nations, into dry desert places where people don't know the Lord? 
and they shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God through faith in the gospel, and they shall have joy and singing, and they and and the and the deaf ears that have never been able to hear God before will be able to hear him, and the blind eyes that never been able to see God before will be able to see him, and the lame people who've never been able to walk in the ways of God are able to walk in the ways of God. So is this a gospel kingdom but present day reality, or is this something that will come true only when Jesus comes again? And is it a physical reality that is the transformation of all creation? And it's passages like this, and really wrestling with them and, 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 and what they mean, that have caused a lot of people to, to embrace this understanding of Scripture that we are living now in what's called the already and the not yet, right? We're living already in the kingdom of God but it is not yet consummated. And so I would say we are already living in the reality of Isaiah 35, but we are not yet experiencing its full consummation. There is a sense in which now, in the gospel age, the gospel is going out into all the earth, and every tribe, tongue, people, and nation around the world are are given an opportunity to hear the good news of who God is, to be able to see the glory of the Lord, and to be able to rejoice and sing and find salvation in a way that was not happening before Jesus died and rose again and poured out his Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And so we are living in the last days, in the final hour, and there's a sense in which this is for us to say, strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. But yet, not yet, we're not yet seeing the fullness of all of this. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. So we get to hear, we get to be encouraged, we get to be strengthened. There's a sense, spiritually of course, that the eyes of the blind are open and the ears of the deaf are unstopped, but not yet in the fullness, because if someone is physically blind, right, they come to know the Lord, they come to see spiritually the glory of the Lord, and they are strengthened and they are encouraged, but their eyes, physical eyes, are still blinded. So they, they, there's still a need that they have to be able to actually see. And there's a sense in which all of us, you know, I'm getting older. This is a silly little thing, but it's a reality, right? I'm getting older and I need reading glasses if I'm in dim light or if it's a small print or something like that. And so this is the reality. And my eyes are probably just going to continue to deteriorate in that way. And, um, and so until the resurrection, and we don't even know what our glorified eyes will look like because none of us has really truly perfect vision we all have in imperfections in our eyes and our mind and so this chapter 35 is telling us about a reality that christ has inaugurated but he has not yet consummated right some people have made the analogy to world war ii that uh when hitler was being defeated right when D-Day happened, the storming of the beaches at Normandy, June 6, 1944, that was the decisive day. And once D-Day happens, and once the Allied forces are on the continent of Europe in northwestern France, the war is essentially over at that point. 
However, the struggle continues until May of 1945. So it continues for a year of fighting and advancing. So the decisive victory was won at D-Day, but the final victory awaited later. So some people have made that analogy. Again, it's just an analogy. All analogies are imperfect. But the fullness of Isaiah 35 is going to come when Jesus comes again. And when Jesus comes again, all the curse that's on creation, right? We have the jackals here again. Remember from a couple days ago in Isaiah 34, that very dark chapter of judgment on Edom. One of the judgments of Edom is that the jackals will be out hunting in packs and even, even the animals won't be safe because there won't be enough people to sort of domesticate and make the place safe and orderly. And so the jackals will come around and even pick off the animals. Well, here you have flourishing, flourishing within creation. So all that's broken is restored, all of it. This is what happens when Jesus comes again. You understand God loves this creation. God's not going to throw away this world. This is a sense in which we've misunderstood what scripture means by the new heavens and the new earth and the, and the old earth is no more uh, for the former things have passed away. It's not that God's going to throw away this world. It's that God is going to fix what is broken and all the brokenness and all the fallenness and all the shadow and all the death and all the sorrow and all the despair and all the decay and all of the savagery, all of that is going to be done away with. And there will be a flourishing. He will come and save us. And there will be a highway called the highway of holiness. And it's going to be a place for only God's people, the redeemed of the Lord. Now there's already... Again, this is this already not yet, right? Already, there's already a highway called the way of holiness. That is, when God saves us, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, when we come to believe in the gospel, we come to belong to God through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, we come to walk on the way of holiness because we are God's holy people. We're called saints in scripture, which is the holy ones. We are consecrated by God's grace. We are set apart by him and for him, and we walk in the way of holiness. And it's a way for God's people. And it's a way where we're kept, even if we're fools, will not go astray. See, I don't think that belongs to the age to come because even if they are fools, they will not go astray. I don't think that belongs to the consummation. I think that belongs to the now. So I think there's a already and not yet aspects here in Isaiah 35. And so it's, look, I ain't the brightest light bulb in the box. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed, as they say, right? Uh, now I got an old bad song stuck in my head. But um, so... I don't mean bad, bad, I just mean annoying. You know what song I mean, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Okay, so, <laughs> but even a fool such as I will not go astray because I'm kept by God. I'm kept by his grace in the way of holiness. And there in the way of holiness is, is security, is redemption. And we walk that way of holiness until we return and we come to Zion with singing. That's joining the heavenly company of the redeemed, but also joining ultimately in the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth with all of the redeemed 
And that's when we shall obtain everlasting joy. When we, when we come, when we return, we come to Zion. Everlasting joy shall be on our heads. We shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sigh and shall flee away. That part is about what is not yet. So God has saved us. Jesus has come to our rescue. Our God has come. He has come to save us. He has saved us. And yet we are being saved as we walk in the way of holiness, as we are being kept in God's ways by God's grace for God's glory. We are being saved and we will be saved when Jesus comes again to bring us home. When we are gathered into Zion with singing and everlasting joy and gladness and joy. So Christmas season. I don't know when you're watching this. You might watch this some other time entirely. But when I'm first recording this and you're first watching it, it's the Christmas season, right? And we sing about joy. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Is that about his first coming or his second coming? I hear a lot of people saying, oh, that song's really about his second coming. But we sing it at his first coming. No, it's really about all of his coming. His coming the first time. His coming into our lives now. His coming into the world through the gospel. His coming again in the future. It's all that day, to use that language in Isaiah that we've heard over and over again, and we are living in that day of already he's come, but not yet been consummated, already in the kingdom, but not yet in glory. There's joy here. There's still a struggle, but there's protection here as well. There's There are still ravenous beasts. There are still lions, but they don't come up into the way of holiness because God guards his people in the way. So rejoice walk in his ways, keep walking till we're home. That's our takeaway application from Isaiah 35. Rejoice, walk in his ways, keep walking until we're all the way home. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Isaiah 35. Thank you for the joy of this chapter. Thank you for the joy that is ours in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you that we have everything we need in him. We rejoice with gratitude, humility, and anticipation of what Jesus will do when he comes again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's Isaiah 35. We are going to go right on into Isaiah 36, which is going to bring us to this narrative section in Isaiah that is in many ways the climax and the sort of the culmination of the first part of Isaiah that begins in chapter 36. We've been making many, many allusions to it, but now we come to that story starting tomorrow. Hope you can join me for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.